Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Inside Access with Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 105.7 The Fan. So they don't care. Playing a lot of Fleetwood Mac. Kristen, Christine McVie passed away today at the age of 79. Part of the great band. Rumors, one of the all-time great albums. Great album. Go Your Own Way. Yes, great song. So we're playing a lot of Fleetwood Mac today. R.I.P. Christine McVie. Oh, before we get to Calais Campbell, Lamar Jackson scheduled to meet with the media today. Did not. They said he had treatment. Mm. Said he may speak Thursday or Friday because it's contractually like the quarterback has to speak. To, yeah, that's he's that's he's had a tumultuous he couple has. of days. So, any thoughts? Frustration, aggravation, frustration. Do you think it was a no verbalization? <laughs> a treatment like a really thing. Bad yeah. Adam Sandler. Yeah, that was pretty thing. good. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I hope he talks. It's always interesting to hear from him. I'd, I'd like to hear what he has to say, you know, about the exchange on social media. And it, there's obviously a lot going on right now. Um, yeah, look, this is a very interesting time for the Ravens offense because we've got this thing with Lamar, and then now we have John Harbaugh confirming that, yes, yeah, Stanford's talking to Giro about uh, their head coaching yes. job, and he was obviously a part of Jim Harbaugh's staff when – Stanford was at sort of the heights of their dominance, and um, now that job is open. So, interesting confluence of events, Bone. Really interesting, and Greg Roman always uh, sure all gets, of Ravens Nation is is very excited. So we're going to put a poll up tomorrow. Yeah. About, oh, we know I, where that poll is going. going. That <laughs> might be a ninety ten. Yeah, but level of concern that Giro leaves for Stanford, but. If there was, and I think we're all higher on Giro than most, if there was a best-case scenario, mutual parting of ways, it, it would be that. And you would think Greg Roman, I mean, he'd want a head coaching gig. Like, I, I would think that he's really pushing for that gig. I mean, look, I, it would be a big raise, I would have oh, to yeah. assume. Yeah. Sean um, made $9 million. Yeah, now look, I don't think I don't think no, I'm he's not saying he command. You know what I mean? Like that, that Shaw got a, like what two or at least two contract extensions there, yeah. maybe more. And he was really hot in NFL circles a yeah. couple years back, and they ponied up. So I don't think he walks in making nine. I think you have to look at that program, though. I mean, yeah, the whole Pac-12 is down, but like I don't think they're really leaning into the NIL stuff there, right? It's mm-hmm. a private school; they're not going to go crazy for their football program. All of their athletic programs are highly competitive, but like, I don't know. You know, like, does, is Giro really into the idea of recruiting and That's, stuff like that? I, I don't, I don't know. Um, 
But is there a part of Jiro that also in the back of his mind, if you gave him truth serum, would say, maybe this thing here has kind of gone as far as it's going to go. Like, maybe I'm never yeah. really going to flip the light switch on with the passing game here. Now, I think there'd be a part of him that would also say, if you were getting him truth serum, Godspeed to the next guy if this is who they give him. Like, if, yeah. the, if this is what the GM thinks a wide receiver room looks like at the NFL level, then good on the next guy trying to make it happen because it takes players, bro. Um, and I also wonder, like, what's the sense of urgency from Stanford's point of view? In other words, like, would they want this commitment sooner rather than later? I'm sure if he's their guy, they'd be okay with him not fully coming on board until the season started, until the Ravens season was over. But let's be real. You're not just competing for players. You're competing for coaches. So then it's like the whole idea of Giro trying to put a staff together. It's kind of like all of a sudden you're doing two jobs at once. You're mm-hmm. running the Ravens offense. But like if you are going to make this move and you make that commitment, even though you're not officially there, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of unofficial business you'd need to tend to to try to get your team ready to compete from a coaching standpoint and a player standpoint. Let's move on to Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell had a sack Sunday the 99th of his career, five and a half on the year. That's his season high as a Raven. Yep. And he's still got time to go. Uh, we we used to pound the table, Jason, that they were playing him too much oh, the yeah. first two years. Less has become much more for Calais Campbell. Undoubtedly. Uh I think one of the real storylines coming out of that last game, had the Ravens not found a way to blow it, would have been, man, how about Calais going back down to Jacksonville and maybe having his best game as a Raven? And yeah. that hit he put on Trevor Lawrence and the forced fumble, that should have been lights out. I mean, that that really should have. And it obviously wasn't. But, yeah, I think it's kind of fascinating to look at the D-line and, and the guys who do a lot of work on the interior D-line and how much of a cause of concern we thought it was. And they obviously thought it was, too. Because they brought Calais back, but like at a whole lot less money than he had been making, right? And with some limited incentives compared to the past, they went and gave real money to Pierce, right? Uh-huh. They had a real money commitment to Derek Wolf, and they draft Travis one of their Jones. six. Was he third or fourth round? Was he one of those third rounds? He wasn't even one of the six fourth rounders. And like Pierce was wasn't around much in the in the offseason, right? He wasn't around for the offseason program, and then wasn't around much. When he got here, right, because of the injury, Wolf was a total nothing burger. Yeah. They got some money back. Jones hasn't carrying, done anything, right? He's carrying bears through the woods, yeah. so they were able to get injuries out of him. Matabike had a really good first six weeks. I feel like it's tailed off a bit since then, and I don't know that he's ever going to be exactly who they thought he was going to be. Certainly ain't going to be who Peter King thought he was going to nah. be. <laughs> Whoever whispered that in his ear, I think I know who. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. Um but but Calais has been great, and Broderick Washington has been really good, and they found a rotation that works despite some of the money that they've poured down the drain at this position to get nothing out of. Ronnie Stanley's been the biggest surprise on this team, but the second biggest is the defensive line and edge rushers. Just even with Calais coming back, no one could have seen this level of production from a pass rush standpoint. He had one and a half sacks last year, guys, and he's already exceeded his quarterback hits from last year. Interior pass rush is so huge. He's the first guy to have five sacks at the interior position since Haloti Nada. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. And even with Matt Abike, and I agree with you, Jason, his play has tailed off recently. He didn't even register on the stat sheet against Carolina. 
He still has a career high in sacks. And Broderick Washington is getting you some push on the interior as well. Brent Urban has been a solid rotational yeah. piece as well. Things have really clicked for this unit, Ken. Absolutely they have. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Does Calais uh, get that 100 sack out of the way quickly, or is that something that lingers as the season goes on? Hey, coming up next, time to find out what T-Bone's got to say. It's T-I-M. With T-M-I with T-I-M. Both What of you them. got, yes. So I went to Towson University. I really like college. I wasn't big in a class. Not that I skipped class. I was you know, okay. a solid student. I you like, like it a, for everything else. I, oh, yes. I did 3-3, three, three, though, so I, I held it's my own. not terrible. I held my own. I took a class... That you guys are both going to laugh about. Everyone's going to laugh about. I, everyone searches for that BS class early mm-hmm. on that you can get an easy A. Basket weaving. I, I also want to hear from people. What What is the biggest BS class you took in college for an easy A? 410-583-1057. It can be funny. It can be wacky, stupid, whatever. 410-583-1057. That's next on Inside Access. Inside Access on the Fan. Hot takes from the guy behind the glass. I'm in a glass case of emotion. TMI with TIM. TMI. TMI, my friends. Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. It's T-Bone time. TMI with TIM and the floor is yours. I had a great time at Towson University in my four years and... Part of the, you know, it's rite of passage for all college students. You're, you're taking gen eds early on in your student career before you really get in, into your career major. So you're looking for easy A's. And if you've taken any BS classes, now's your chance. Call in 410-583-1057. We'll get to you after our BS classes that we took. So my buddy, it was, I think, my first semester uh, sophomore year. He said, take movement for men. What? Mm? And it was a dance class for men. So I took it. Let's just say the professor was very flamboyant. Um, And it was, of course, everyone in the class, we all took it as a joke because it was. And um, it wasn't to the professor. Oh, he had had like a dance class. Company, sure. No, he was he was legit. Yeah, and we did choreographed dances. You is know, there video, does there, video no, of this there exist? Is. There is. There's well, video. We've got, to, there's, we've got to get it on social media there's, channel, there's uh, channels. YouTube videos. So I got to of eat. your class dancing. Bless you. My midterm and my final. Yes, I got thrown in the air. Oh, during one of our choreographed. Can we dances. recreate this? Yeah, I just want to see it. No, I don't want to recreate it. <laughs> no, I don't need you it. getting impinged and me getting a. If you do like a dirty dancing kind of. But I've had the how time high did life? they throw you in the air? Oh, I I went decently high. Now it's one of those. Did you, you volunteer for that, or they're just like you're the guy to fly? I, I guess, man. I guess I was the littlest of the group. I can't wow. I can't remember. So and you're I, the guy to fly. And and I have I don't know. I have no rhythm. You know, I'm a white boy, so it's you know I I still struggle what with does it. That but mean? took the class and got an A. And his name was Vincent. Okay. We all called him Vincent. And. I remember. That's good that you called wait, him his name. Wait, wait. his name is <laughs> his Vincent, name was Vincent, and you called him we Vincent. We all called him Vincent. Well, That's nice. How many professors do you have that you call first name? I've never. I've never had a I guess. I guess we. Oh, so you he literally meant no, you didn't call him, him Professor So and So. No, we called him Vincent. Uh, yeah. 
And okay. when right. I walked, uh, valid I point. Makes swear to sense. God, here when I walked the stage, first person down there, right at the end of the stairs, was Vincent. It was Aww. two years since I took him because we were we're family. We're doing all this and we're doing handstands and. It was funny, man. We got an A, so it was like that was my BS class. Did everybody get an A? Movement for men. I would assume. I would assume. Movement you know, you, for you men. Show up. Yeah, movement for men was the class. So it, did you take? You went to Syracuse, right? Any BS classes? I had two majors, so I didn't get as much. Like unless I wanted to stay there longer, which I didn't. No, uh, I didn't have as much wiggle room with that stuff. I hated science, though, and I do remember. Taking, like, oh, well, what looks like the easiest science, like, my sophomore year. I thought it was astronomy. I was wrong. It was basically taking an advanced mathematics course. <laughs> like, I knew the first time I met the TA that I had made a grave, grave mistake. But, like, my girlfriend was in it and a bunch of my other friends. So I stuck it out, and it probably, it was probably the toughest class I took in my life. That's not BS class. But I thought astronomy, I'm thinking we're going to, oh, I'm with my girlfriend, we're going to go in the room, we're going to look at some stars, stars. we're going to draw pictures of the Big Dipper, and we're all going to get A's, and we're going to go down to Marshall Street, because it's a night class, because you got to wait for it to be dark to look at this stuff, and they had a really cool, like, astronomy, you know what they call it, astronomy tower, I should probably know, I took the class, and the next thing I know, I'm doing, like, these ridiculous algebraic equation to figure out how far that star is from that star is from this planet, I'm like, what? Screw that, man. I, was, t- I took a math I don't know dummies. what I got, but it couldn't have been a very good grade. As yeah. a mom, mass comm major, I took a bunch of film classes, but I actually dug it. Like, like, yeah, like I doing, did too. Writing reports on films and stuff, yeah. but they weren't necessarily hard. I do want to tell you, my buddy Paul texted me with FUTs. He said he, at Michigan, he took intro to Korean language for four semesters, 20 credits of A+. He's Korean. <laughs> I mean, that, speaks it fluently. I've had him order for me a Korean barbecues before. I mean, twenty credits that yeah. that had to be a minor. Yeah, I mean that's I, a I, ton of credits. I guess. I guess. Well, let's. Well, did you take any? You went to. I said I went, took a bunch well, of film, film classes. Yeah, that's but, not BS. No, but it, they weren't hard. But yeah. I really enjoyed it. I can't. I no. didn't take really any BS classes. Well, let's hear from the people. Four ten five eight three one zero five seven. Fred is in Chesterstown. Fred, what what BS class did you take? Yeah, I thought I was going to get in a real quick course and uh, at the University of Florida. It was basketball. Uh, but, however, it was taught by the head basketball coach at the time, no Norm way. Sloan. <laughs> Norm Sloan, and, yeah. Can you, uh, sorry? And Norm Sloan, I remember Norm Sloan, yeah. They, what? I remember the coach. Go on, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he went on to NC State and yeah, won yeah. the national, did he win a national championship. Yeah, with, the, da- yeah, with David Thompson. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it ended up that uh, it wasn't such an easy class. <laughs> so, what did you get? Do you remember what you got? You're going to see a head basketball coach at a D1 school teach a class, right? I mean, no, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Fred, that's so, crazy. Anyhow, that was the class I took. Nice. Well, Excellent. thanks for the call, Fred. Thank Basketball. You. I took a gym my last semester. I mean, that was a BS. It was last semester. Come on, you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Justin is in Cadenceville. What's up, Justin? What's up, guys? So, I actually, I went to Talbot as well, and my first BS class was Mathematical Ideas. It was Math 105, and I think we spent about the first month figuring out the probability of rolling a three on a dice. And, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, I didn't buy the book. I think I had 105% class in the nice. class of the year. Um, and the other was I took Principles of Coaching. that was actually taught by the offensive coordinator at the time. I don't remember who it was. I graduated in 08, um, but that was just a great class. And I was a uh, business administration minor in sport management uh, major. 
Cool. No, Excellent. thanks for the call, Justin. The probability of dice. I mean, I can I can make that work. David is in Mount Airy. What's up, David? Hey, how's it going, guys? I like the show a lot. Um, Thank you. I took uh, I went to Towson too, and I took uh, rock and roll history one Ooh, semester, and one. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it wasn't very difficult, but it was uh, a lot of fun. I did learn a lot too, though. That's awesome. I'd uh, love to take that class. Yeah. I, I'm learning there's a lot. Online right I'm now. learning between the T-Bone and the cars. A lot of BS classes at Towson. Hey, great school, right. but <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot going right. on. Uh, one more call. Let's get Bobby in Falston. Bobby, you're on the fam. Hi, guys. Uh, long-time listener. Also went to Towson. And, uh, <laughs> We're not making Towson a wellness walking course my sophomore year and all you had to do oh oh we lost oh. nah. all you had to do was you did it oh. oh say it again bobby we lost you for a second all you had to do was walk on a treadmill or outside and pretty much just say say or show that you did it uh, bobby i think i took that class <laughs> wellness that that was the and gym. you didn't think that was a bs that class. was that was the gym class that i took um and we had like slight classroom work you know talking about nutrition but thanks for the call bobby yeah during the break please anybody from towson who also (laughs) took a bs class please let's get doc can doc the mascot call in yeah (laughs) tell stoney stone you went to towson you take any bs classes you're a Towson guy. I didn't take any at Towson. I took a, a couple gyms at Harvard Community College, uh, which a gym as a college credit is kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I took hey, bowling. You tonight? I took bowling. Hey, coming up next, Greg Roman up for the Stanford job. Lamar Jackson didn't speak to the media. Ravens coming off a tough loss in Jacksonville. We'll talk everything Ravens with our buddy Mark Viviano. WJZ Channel 13 next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Side access to breaking news. Jason Lacanfora and Ken Wyman. 1057 The Fan. Inside access here on a hump day Wednesday. We're playing a lot of Fleetwood Mac, the passing of Christine McVie today at the age of 79. But we need to find more that with her singing. But Stone, I, I know you, you don't know a lot of Fleetwood Mac. And last week, you can always, you know, tell them particular uh, songs, I could. TG. I just, I'm, I'm busy. You'd doing rather other berate things. him. Yes, exactly. For things he wouldn't possibly know. Correct. Uh, let's go out to the Ashley Furniture guest hotline. Our friend, he, I'm sure he's a big Fleetwood Mac fan. It's Mark Viviano, WJZ Channel 13. And Viv, good afternoon. Thank you as always for joining us. You just left the locker room. Let's start with the game itself Sunday before we get to some other things. And just, uh, I thought we were beyond the blowing fourth quarter leads. They added Roquan Smith. The defense looked much better. But this one, uh, it was like a deja vu all over again. Yeah, when do you get beyond things in a 17-game season? Because they they will, you know, the, the game will find you at your weakest point and it'll cost you uh, a loss at some point. And we've seen that for years with many teams. And it's, you know, it, it can be alarming when you've got a Ravens team, which is in a stretch of favorable matchups, considering that most of the teams they're playing to the end until they get to Cincinnati are teams that just aren't even in contention. And you would assume that as the Ravens you know, are a team that appears to be playoff worthy, that they'll just stack up those wins. So when they failed to do so, and in the manner that they failed to do so at Jacksonville, certainly it raises some alarms. And just talking to a number of players uh, here today, you know, they accept 
you know, full responsibility because it is one of those things where everybody had an issue mm-hmm. <laughs> in Jacksonville. There, there really nobody escaped clean from, uh, you know, from contributing to uh, that that loss. But you know, it, you know, it, it, as Calais Campbell and Tyus Bowser both said, you know, when you play 17 games, you learn to navigate the downs and and the highs and. That's what they're doing, and they were there was certainly an upbeat mood with um, some of the guys being back at practice. J.K. Dobbins got a lot of guys fired up by being out there. Um, you know, Marcus Williams has been back. Seeing Ronnie Stanley, Kyle Hamilton spoke to Kyle Hamilton, and he, you know, he spoke about how much it really sucked to not play and have to watch, but feeling so fortunate that it's something that you know isn't going to keep him out long term, and he'll be ready to go. So. Yeah, it's kind of a, a, a regroup recovery week for the Ravens and probably a good opponent to uh, bounce back against. But, you know, we saw what Jacksonville was capable of, so there's that. Viv, obviously there's a lot that um, going on with Lamar right now, and, and his frustration is obvious, and Harbs has talked about it, and he's talked about it a little bit, and there's the social media thing, and now he's not talking today. And I know none of us can really crawl in his headspace, but and, and there's a lot going on here. But... Ten drops in the NFL in two weeks. How big of a part of it do you think that is? I mean, Denver leads the NFL with 24 drops all season. The Ravens have ten in the last two weeks. Yeah, it's a great question, and it's a question I posed to Deshaun Jackson as the most experienced guy on this team. And when I asked him about how a team addresses drop passes, he took a pretty deep breath and went on for a while about that being a pride thing and how that is, you know, it, it hurts their pride and they, nobody makes excuses for it. And, you know, it'll happen. As you mentioned, because it happens sometimes nobody's perfect, but they know that that is detrimental to success. And when you're, he said to me, he said, the ball is number one. When you're a receiver, the ball is number one. You, that that's your job. And I think in his long you know, kind of, it was almost cathartic for him to talk about mm-hmm. it because that's something that eats at guys and there is nowhere to hide. You can't blame anybody else. <laughs> that, you know, it's a team game, but when the ball's in the air and you're a receiver and it's in within reach and it touches your hands, you got to catch it. And as you noted, that has been an ongoing problem and not just difficult balls, but some that would appear to be, you know, spot on. And yeah, that's, uh, you know, it, it's just like making an error at shortstop in a baseball game. It's like when you give team extra outs, or in this case, extra downs, you can pay, you're going to pay for it in the end. And when it happens multiple times, good luck, good luck overcoming it. But no, an issue, and clearly one that is causing some introspection here in uh, Owens Mills. Viv, you mentioned earlier J.K. Dobbins returning to practice, and you've done a player show with J.K. Dobbins this year. How, how does he fit into this backfield when he does get activated off IR? Well, I, I think he gives you a great change-up to what Gus Edwards brings when Gus Edwards is healthy. Uh, when healthy, J.K. Dobbins is a dynamic running back and also has great ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, something that Gus Edwards doesn't do. Uh, win healthy and win at full strength. I don't know that we've seen J.K. Dobbins at full strength this year. I don't know that we will. I did speak with J.K. He was not allowed to speak on camera because of his status not being uh, yet active. But he's fired up. 
you know, he's, he's clearly excited. And this guy just loves football. And he wants to give everything he has, and he hopes that what he has is enough to push this team into the playoffs and that he's fully healthy to carry them along. But, no, he's, I think we saw it. We saw it his rookie year, what he can bring and what, you know, how dynamic he can be and what he adds to an offense that could certainly use a little bit more, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're seeing a team that is, you know, in two consecutive games against a couple of opponents that can play a little defense, but these are opponents you're supposed to step on. They couldn't even find the end zone till the, till the fourth quarter in both those games, Carolina and Jacksonville, and they lost the Jacksonville game. I think there are a lot of fair questions about this offense. I, you know, I'm not saying J.K. Dobbins is a savior, but he gives you more than what they have if he's at full strength. Viv, before we let you go, I want, wanted to ask, get your thoughts on one of the things we've been talking about today on the show, and that's Calais Campbell. And you know, I know Jason and I in the past, before, before T-Bone even jumped in, but I know I can speak for him and say he agrees. Like Calais was playing way too many snaps the first two years here in Baltimore, and we've seen him play less snaps and and more been more of a contributor. He's got a uh, Ravens career high in sacks this year, and the season's not even over. Just uh, your thoughts on this year with Calais Campbell. Yeah, I had a a chance to speak with him today, too. And it is pretty remarkable. I mean, when you consider, I mean, just just line up Calais Campbell, Justin Houston, and Jason Pierre-Paul. These are guys long in the NFL, too. And one of them, Jason Pierre-Paul, has two Super Bowl rings. And usually when you get to this point, any individual who's played that long is just giving you what's left. And in some cases, it's not much. But in the case of Calais Campbell, Justin Houston, and to some degree, Jason Pierre-Paul, because there's a, especially with Calais Campbell and Justin Houston, there is a, there is a, there is a pitch count. And you're getting more out of them, I think, because of it. Uh, Justin Houston has as many sacks as he does, having played, what, seven games mm. so far? Uh, Calais Campbell, as you mentioned. And, and both Campbell and Houston, they were on the brink of retirement. And to go from, I might not want to play this game anymore, to, okay, I'll give it another shot and be that effective, it's pretty remarkable. And that cannot be overlooked when, when discussing how this defense has risen. Yes, you know, Roquan Smith's arrival is huge. That, that, there's no doubt. But those guys and what they do, and what they do in the locker room, which is one of those things not on the stat sheet, and how they hold younger players accountable – as those as both Houston and Calais Campbell seek Super Bowl rings for the first and probably last times in their career, I think that's significant. They've let the people know what's going on in Channel 13. Busy week, guys. Uh, we'll have the game on WJZ on Sunday, complete with our pregame show with Kadri Ismail. And uh, I had a nice chat with Tyler Linderbaum and his connection to Marshall Yonda, who uh-huh. will be uh, – who will be honored uh, in the ring of honor this week. That, and I worked in Iowa years ago, and I, you know, I, I covered both Iowa wrestling and football. And there's something about those guys, their mentality, and what they're able to produce that is pretty special. And we, we saw it play out here with Yonda, and I think we'll see the, see the beginnings of it with Linderbaum. And uh, it's good stuff. It's a lot of fun, and it's all on WJZ this weekend. Viv, always great, man. Thanks so much for your time. You got it, fellas. Be well. Mark Viviano, Channel 13. Uh, Coming up next, Kevin Stefanski. He's got a new quarterback. Well, he's been there all year, but suspended. He's finally active. Deshaun Watson makes his debut for the Browns this weekend against his former team, the Texans. We'll hear Kevin Stefanski talk about Deshaun Watson next. Northern Exposure here on The Fan. 
Inside Access. Northern Exposure on Inside Access. Sponsored by Plaza Ford. See why customers have trusted Plaza Ford for more than 85 years. Get quality vehicles and superior service at Plaza Ford. Bel Air Road in Bel Air or online at plazaford.com. Jason LaConfora and Ken Wyman traverse the AFC North. 1057. Sean's been here for five weeks. Been around his teammates, been out of practice, been in walkthroughs. So, uh, I've said it to you guys before. I've, you know, you know this, but this is about us versus Texans. Is really the focus. That was Kevin Stefanski talking about Deshaun Watson and if the energy is different with the team with him back. Well, he's back. We're gonna find out, Jason. Um. Yeah. This. Uh, the NFL moves in mysterious ways. I guess you could say. This is his first game back in years. This is a rematch against the place where he spent all of his career previously and where these uh, allegations stem from almost entirely, by and large. Um, The Texans are still completely and totally in a tank job. And the Browns got really quality quarterbacking play from Jacoby Brissett. That was not the problem. And now we'll see if if this creep can improve on that. Uh, it's just sort of fascinating how all this comes together in this way. I, I'm still um, skeeved out by the whole idea of, of this guy representing an NFL football team and being back in the quarterback uh, fraternity, but that's going to be a fact, obviously, Bone. There'll be a subplot to how he's received in Houston, which oh, yeah. is we'll going get to, to that. be. Uh, um, I think he's going to be booed consistently, constantly, um, endlessly, and rightfully so. But the Browns have a far superior football team here, and I think the Browns are going to trounce the Texans. Yeah, I saw ten of the victims are going to be yeah. in attendance of the game, and. I think it'll be a hostile environment. I know the Texans' attendance has been abysmal. I yes. would think the fans are going to come out. I would think they're going to get after him during the pregame. And if there was ever a game where this Texans team gets up for something, I, I'm i not saying they're going to win, and I think the Browns could run away. I just think they're going to get the Texans' best shot in this one. Let's hear more from Kevin Stefanski, and how will the team handle any backlash because Watson's back down in Houston? I think it goes back to control what you can control. And uh, we have to have a great week of practice and be ready to play a great game on Sunday. I don't know how you how you, you control what you control. He's This is one of the subplots of this whole thing since it began, Jason. Look, Deshaun Watson, before all this came out, was an incredibly well-liked player in the league. He's now going to be a villain on the road. How does he handle that? And it's going to be absolutely Nobody villainous. Knows. It's going to be villainous down there in Houston. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody can can can. I have zero. Like people, are, what do you think? But I've I've never seen anything like this before. I have zero expectations for it. I don't think he'll perform as well as Jacoby Brissett was performing, um, at least not for a while. And um, I don't know how he's going to be able to handle or compartmentalize what the the, the sort of surroundings that he's going to find himself in. They're completely different situations, and I want to stress that. But is it somewhat similar to Michael Vick? I mean, I can't remember 
how he was received when he came back, but he was in federal prison for, he, what, two years? Yeah, he did time, and he also, he, he now, what you say PR or what, he also... He was incredibly did, contrite. Yes. Yeah. And he didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk. Yes. And he did all the community service, yes. and he did all the outreach, seemingly, like, out of a willingness to try to atone, not because, well, if I check all these boxes, I'll let me back in the league. His signaling, his messaging... Everything about him. And again, he did hard time in Leavenworth. Yes. Yes. This was not like, club club fed. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I found there to be a, a far different level of sort of contrition and self-awareness and understanding of the gravity of the situation. Coming up next, we missed him last week because of the holidays. It'd be good to have Ray Rice back. We'll get his thoughts on what we saw against Jacksonville and what he's expecting against Denver. Ray Rice joins us next here on The Fan. Inside Access. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.